what is going on guys welcome back uh to hoop bible we are back with the third episode we had a little bit of a break uh this week both of us just got pretty busy but it's me kai and uh kyle over here what's going on team we got some exciting news for y'all shout out to the ones that have been tuning in so far and we also have an instagram page it's hoop.bible so Give that a look. In between episodes, we're going to be trying posting things like uh, pictures and, and different things, just discussion-based things to, to keep it going. Uh, we'll be doing these episodes once a week, and uh, we'll kind of keep the conversation going from there throughout the week. So uh, go follow that page up and uh, see the good stuff that's on there. We're just getting it started. So Yeah, we want to be a little more interactive with uh, all the people that are going to listen. Uh, we're going to try to do some sort of, not giveaways, but little rewards for people based on People listen to the podcast, little trivia stuff like that. Um, yeah, pretty excited about that. Yes, sir. So we're going to jump right in with a little bit of a recap of what we've seen so far at the Summer League. Of course, we got our draft predictions. The draft happened. Uh, went a little differently than we thought, but for the most part, it was, you know. Was yeah, that that uh, Scotty Barnes pick was the the hammer being dropped right there. That was a weird one. Love oh, the curveball. Yeah, our last guest Pierce. So talk to him a little bit about that. About that as a Raptors fan, he uh, he says he's all in on Scotty, but we'll see. I'm taking Jalen Suggs still, but yeah. we'll yeah, yep. time will tell. <laughs> time will tell on that one. But let's let's start it off with this. All right, hot take, probably not that hot of a take, honestly. But Jalen Green definitely looks better than Cade Cunningham. Absolutely, no doubt. I am 100% gonna go ahead and. Say I told you so to everybody. He's not Kobe, no. though. You got to chill on that one. You got to wait. Okay, summer league scrubs is a little different than, you know, the NBA. But and, but I also said he should have been the first pick. He's the best talent in the draft. That's I already fair. said that. That's fair. I'm, just, I'm happy for him. I mean, he's got a lot to show. I'm excited. It's like, it's pretty crazy. I mean, obviously, you're not Kobe yet, but soon. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see. But I... I'm surprised with his jumper, actually. Like, he's hitting step backs in people's mouths. Like, he he looks really, really good. I mean, he just got injured, so he's not going to play the rest of summer league. But I've, I've seen enough. I'm sold. <laughs> I think he could be the Rockets' leading scorer this year already. So Yeah, and I think it's going to be really cool to see him and Kevin Porter because they've already got a good relationship, which is nice. It's cool to see, like, the backcourt already getting along really well, which is not something you can say about every team. I entirely forgot they had John Wall. <laughs> I, oh, I know. He's I so forgettable now. It's crazy. I don't know how that's going to be. I mean, they're probably going to try and trade him, but does anybody want to pay, you know, $45 million or whatever it is for that man right now? Probably not, unless you, you know, pay him three first-round picks or something to take his contract. <laughs> Just give him to OKC. Everybody's yeah, been geez. doing that, so. Maybe, maybe Philly will be in on that or something like that. I mean, we'll see if they – I don't think they're going to get Dame, and they definitely want to get rid of Ben Simmons, so. I guess we'll see. But um, I guess other takeaways from the summer. Cade Cunningham, like, he looks he looks pretty good. I think he'll be fine. Um, but big standouts as well, Cam Thomas. That guy's nasty. Yep. Sharif yep. Cooper looks really good. Jalen oh Johnson gosh. looks really good. Yeah, Jalen Johnson was a big surprise. Also, Sharif Cooper, I mean, he's undersized, so, like, after watching him on like Ball's life for the last like 
three years because he's been all over that page, right? Like he looked, he looked really good for his age and like for his competition, right? I did not expect it to translate at all. I thought he deserved to be like a late, late, late second round pick of anything. And he is absolutely showed out and I'm, I'm happy for him. Obviously that's sick. Yeah. he looks good. Yeah. But Cam Thomas though, that was a, that was a big shock. I watched him a little bit last year playing and, and I didn't really think much of like him being able to come in and actually show something. Um, I was expecting more players like Moses Moody and James Booknight to do that. But Cam Thomas, I think from the first week of Summer League, I think he's got the best chance so far of winning Summer League MVP, which, I mean, doesn't say a, a ton. But, I mean, for the Nets, who have don't have a lot of bench and don't have a lot of future, um, especially with the draft picks that they've given up, I think that's such a good sign. I mean, Sean Marks did really good right there. Yeah. They definitely can use him. And real quick, I guess the last thing before we move on to free agency is I just want to give a shout out to Jello Ball. <laughs> oh my god! It's, it's yeah. fun to see him out there, man. Honestly, like he's <laughs> he's playing pretty well. Um, I, I mean, he's wet. <laughs> I think any team could could use his shooting. You know, he'll come in and probably be a guy that comes in garbage time and rains some threes. I don't think you know, he'll do a whole ton more than that, but he looks good. Yeah, but I mean, not every not everyone's gonna be a star, right? And that's that is one thing that I love is how humble he's actually been and how hard he's worked. Because like, it's so one of the things that I do love, right? Like watching the highlights that he's had, he's had I think two four point plays. Is that what it is? I don't know. He had another and one, but when he gets fouled, it's like he doesn't look. He doesn't look to the ref for the call. He's like running back on defense already, and they blow the whistle, and then he comes back and shoots his free throws. Like I don't see any other NBA player that's doing that. Like they get fouled and they're not worried about trying to draw the foul or anything like that or trying to complain to the ref or anything like he just kind of took it and i think that's really really cool it's a really good sign he's also i mean he's got to have a chip on his shoulder he's he's really humble right now too which is good the opposite of his dad that's what we saw with lonzo too it's pretty funny (laughs) (laughs) that's a fact yeah he looks good so shout out to jello ball i actually i hope he really gets a roster no i'm I mean, I'm not a, I'm not like one of the people that loves all the Ball brothers. I couldn't care less about Lonzo. I like Lamelo, but I I think it's a cool story for Leangelo, especially oh. for someone that kind of is like he's the literally the middle child gets forgotten by like everybody, and then being able to actually come out and do something for himself is really cool. Yeah, and he's like leaned out. Actually, I was impressed because I mean, you know, no disrespect, but he was he was a little chunky, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so he he's also that. stronger than both of the other two as well, which is oh, sure, yeah. a good sign. Yeah. He's got a better jumper than Lonzo. He's, yeah, I mean, we'll see. He looks good, though. Let's dive into free agency. Winners of free agency. Um, my top winner, actually, is it is the Bulls. <laughs> I I think the Bulls, oh. I think the Bulls did really, really well. I mean, I... I'm very confused at what they're trying to do, but in terms of just acquiring talent, very impressed. You know, you get Lonzo and DeRozan, and their their starting lineup it looks it looks pretty good. Like they they definitely have a lot of talent. It'll be weird to see how it all meshes, but I definitely think the Bulls, you know, for what they're trying to do, they made a splash for sure, and they made their team better. Yeah. 
I agree. I think, yeah, I do think it's a weird fit, especially bringing DeRozan in there who like, I don't know. He almost feels like a rogue player every time I watch him. Like he's just kind of doing his own thing. He's really good, obviously, but that's kind of what I'm, yeah, the fit's a little bit weird. I also, as a huge Zach Levine supporter, I'm a little worried that all these moves are just going to slow him down in terms of what he can do. Um, Obviously, Lonzo's a great pickup because he's going to bring defense to a team that has almost none with Vucevic and Markkanen. Markkanen will probably get traded, actually, but... Oh, he's out. (laughs) They got rid of Thad Young, so... There goes your other defense. Yeah, like, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, maybe maybe it'll spark Levine to try a little more on the defensive end and get his value up a little bit more there too. Yeah. I we'll think get to, we'll get to DeRozan later though. Yeah. I think obviously you got to say the Lakers were winners, right? You may not agree with what they did with all that stuff. I mean, the fit with Westbrook might be weird, right? But they did so much. Like they did more than any other team, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, they're definitely going all in on this season. I mean, obviously LeBron's old. Got to worry about that. Anthony Davis is fragile. So hopefully they'll be able to use – I think Carmelo Anthony will be honestly more useful to that team than Westbrook personally. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I, I just don't understand why you would want um, Westbrook to get those empty triple doubles when you've got LeBron, right? I mean, I think it's Westbrook's not going to come off the bench, but if he did, they'd be better. Okay. Um Yes. You're... LeBron can't play the whole game. That's what I'm saying. All right, you, are, you are on one again today. This what are you is... talking about, dude? Kate, Westbrook can't shoot, right? Right. You just surround LeBron with people who can shoot. Yeah. What is Westbrook good at? What is Westbrook good at on offense, right? Playmaking. Flashing. Playmaking. What is LeBron good at on offense? Playmaking. Flashing. Yeah. When you've got two guys like that that are ball-dominant playmaking and slashing players – the defense doesn't have to close out on them. Like, oh, but if you got three other shooters, it should work fine. LeBron's a shooter too, so I mean, he's not a you know natural shooter necessarily, but LeBron will knock down an open jumper. Yeah, so, and no? I think he's gotten a little bit worse, but yeah, I do agree. I think he's still manageable at shooting, and that's why that's why I think that Carmelo will be more useful because I think even I mean he's gonna start, but I think as a as a role when maybe LeBron or Anthony Davis is off the court, I think he'll probably be the better scorer than anyone else that they just picked up. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think the other weird thing about the Lakers thing, uh, all the Lakers moves is the Kendrick Nunn thing. That's, that's really cool. Actually. I think that's a good pickup. Especially. I like, I like it more from the Kendrick Nunn side of things. He's like, I'd rather go try and win a ring and play with LeBron than make money. And I think especially with the way the league is now, there's so much money. People are making so much money from endorsements. It's cool to see, like, a lot of these guys, like, take pay cuts because at the end of the day, like, $2 million extra is a lot of money, and he would have made more than that extra. But um, what was it? Like, I think he would have made – he cut, took, like, a $5 million a year pay cut to go play with L- in L.A. But I just think it's a really cool move for them, especially for him, like, to kind of put everything else aside and just go try to learn from LeBron and win. Yeah, I think it'll be a good, good backup. Um, Who's gonna? Do you know what their starting lineup's gonna look like? Who's gonna be their starting two? Because I, I personally would start Malik Monk, but that's yeah. that's me. 
I love the Malik Monk so, so, so much. We both oh, yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing. We both love Malik Monk. But I've heard – I don't know what it was. I heard from, like, a credible source that Wayne Ellington was going to start. That's just gross to me. But, you know, if you're trying to just make your whole lineup a bunch of dinosaurs, go for it. Yeah, we'll see. Who else is the uh, a winner in free agency? Give me the heat, man. The heat loaded up. I mean – my guy, Duncan Robinson, <laughs> five years, 90 mil. That's a lot of cash, but he is money. Yes. And without him, I mean, they, they really need shooting pretty bad. But their lineup defensively, now that they got Kyle Lowry, like, holy smokes. And P.J. Tucker. Yeah. That's insane. And- like, with Bam, P.J. Tucker, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, that is a lot of defense. Like, it's yeah. going to be hard to score on the Heat next year. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there'll be a – yeah, I, we talked about this before. Um, the Bulls and the Heat, it seems like they did the exact opposite of each other. Oh, so true. Um, I'm, I am not on the Jimmy Butler train like a lot of people were. I never really was. I, I love his story. I think he's got great hustle. He's got a great attitude. But I personally – from a skill standpoint, I'm a little – I think he's a little bit overrated in terms of what he can do offensively. So that's the only thing I'd worry about. They paid him so much money, and I just hope – obviously, I want everyone to do well, right? Do you? I do. Uh, debatable. Who, who do I not want to do well besides – Last uh, Hey, man. I'm just worried everyone else is paying him too much money. He, he's <laughs> 25% of the Lakers' salary cap, him alone. Oh man, he's making forty-two million dollars this year. Worth every penny. Oh, debatable. How many wins did uh, the Wizards end up with? What in the regular season? Yeah, oh, thirty something, I think. Oh, cool. Forty-two million dollars. Rest huh. of his team is a bunch of scrubs. Huh. Interesting. That is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I want I want Jimmy Butler to succeed. I'm just worried that. They overpaid him. Um, but I think it's his team. So, like, that shouldn't matter compared to what the other moves they made were. I think, yeah, defensively, they'll be pretty tough. Offensively is what I'm worried about. Because in the playoffs, you're going to need someone to be able to take over and score. Yeah, I think – I don't know. Just from watching Bam in the Olympics, too, he's starting to make more jumpers and things. I think if he can add that to his game and make it a consistent thing – it's going to be really, really good. Um, I think they're going to need it, actually. Yeah, I think – I mean, his playmaking is pretty underrated as well. His ability yeah. to handle the ball is very, very above average for a, a guy that big. Um, he was – did he make the finals in the skills challenge, was it, last year? I think he did. Um, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting fit. I mean, the Kyle Lowry thing was, was really cool. It's cool to see someone like him get uh, get a chance to – go for a ring again. I mean, he's definitely didn't, the Raptors aren't doing that anymore. Nope. Um, Sorry, Raptors fans. Yeah. It's just really though. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oladipo also taking a minimum deal was pretty interesting. That's a, yeah, that was a steal. (laughs) I was shocked that like, I mean, he averaged like 20 a game last year and yeah, it was pretty inefficient 20 a game. Yeah. I'm a big Oladipo guy. I like him. It sucks when, good players get just riddled with injuries in their career. That's I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't happen to Karis LeVert because he's kind of on that train right now, which I'm worried about, but he reminds me a lot of Oladipo. Um, 
But the other thing, I'm just so impressed by a lot of players taking pay cuts because the next the team I think was uh, also a winner in this agency was the Warriors. I mean, they didn't do enough, I don't think, but they did do a lot in terms of um, attracting people. Otto Porter, who <laughs> finessed the league out of what, what did he make like twenty five million dollars a year or something like that? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah. And he's taking a minimum deal now. I mean, he's already way surpassed what he's deserved in this league, but um, I shouldn't say deserved, but um, probably what he's worth. Harsh truth. Yep. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're listening to this, Otto, respect, man. You made it. Um, <laughs> no, but I think it's really cool to see all these players taking pay cuts to win rings. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it people, some people don't like the super team era, whatever, like, assembling all these super teams but i think it's really cool i think it's good for basketball to have more teams competitive than less and this is making more teams competitive because the warriors haven't been really competitive um since clay's been out with injuries um and same with the heat i mean they had that finals run in the bubble but like other than that they weren't real contenders last year or anything like that or even the year before the the finals run so I think it's really cool. Who else did the Warriors get? Because they got – I know they made one more move that was really big. I can't think of it. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I thought it was also really cool to see Kelly Oubre get traded. No. Traded. He signed with the uh, with the uh, Hornets. That's right? a loss, man. I mean, he didn't want to come off the bench, and Steve Kerr wasn't going to start him. So if I'm him, I'm like – Whatever, I'll go. The only thing is I think that's also they've got so many players on the on the Hornets that can play like that position. They've got PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, um, Gordon Hayward, all that are forwards. And they've also got like a lot of guards too that they're gonna play. Obviously Lamelo's gonna start at point guard, but then Terry Rogier, I think, is supposed to be starting it too. And so it'll be weird. I think he's gonna just come off the bench again, which sucks for him, but yeah, the other two moves they made were uh, Andre Iguodala and, and uh, Bialica, So Yeah, the Iguodala move, that's that's what it was. Because Iguodala was supposed to go, he was looking at the... Uh, Nets, maybe, or the Lakers. The Nets and Lakers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought he was honestly going to sign with the Nets, but to see him go back to the uh, Golden State was really cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's play a game. Splash or pass? We're going to run through some players. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna grade that signing. So DeRozan to the Bulls. I said this from the beginning. This is a hard pass from me. Um, sorry, Demar Derozan fans, but I'm about to shred Demar Derozan. Um, I I I read an article from Bleacher Report. It said that this was the worst signing of the offseason. I laughed when I read that. Um. <laughs> That's pretty aggressive, but here's the thing. Yeah, the Bulls, let's let's look at their team. Zach Levine, terrible defender. Vucevic, terrible defender. Oh, DeMar DeRozan, terrible defender. Like, the Bulls already can't stop a nosebleed, and you add another guy in there that doesn't play any defense. His team statistically performs worse when he's on the floor. Yeah, I know he puts up 21 a game and, like, seven dimes. But he doesn't shoot either. Like, he can't shoot threes. I think the only way that this balances out to be a pretty good signing is if, one, DeRozan decides he, like, wants to play defense or knows how to play defense. 
or he's figured out how to shoot a three ball. Yeah, and but he's he's only that, getting he's only getting less athletic. Yeah, he's thirty-two, <laughs> like, man. Yeah, I I actually got to see him play. I went down to San Antonio and watched a Bucks Spurs game this season, and it was it was just weird to watch him play. He plays like, I mean, he posted up like every time, and it was pretty funny to see. I mean, he's really good in the like as a guard who can post, but yeah, it's not what you need. Like, it's not what anyone needs. That's facts. I okay. DeRozan is one of the most overrated players of like the last five years, in my opinion. I just think that's that's a fact. I just I don't like his game. I don't think it fits today's league, man. I think he'd be a good sixth man somewhere, but uh, eighty-five million dollars, no hard pass. Uh, I definitely agree. It's a pass for me. I it's think a no from me. It's it's a no for me, dog. I definitely think the money. <laughs> is the reason that it's a big pass. Like, that's a lot of money to be guaranteeing him, and that's a lot of commitment to him. Like, yeah. you're basically saying, like, this is the, what this is the, what the team's going to be for the next four years. This is what it's going to be. I think that's going to drive Zach Levine away because he's already yeah. – I don't know if disgruntled is the right word, but he's already had problems with management because they, they didn't let go – they didn't fire Jim Boylan for the longest time, and everyone on the team didn't like him. And – he you know, like not getting along with your coach is a pretty big deal. <laughs> I mean, it's the the Mavericks had that on a very small scale with Carlisle and Luca. They they had a little bit of a dis- they had disagreements quite often, and so Mark Cuban was like, "All right, well, we're obviously going to pick our superstar." So uh, they let Carlisle go. Luckily, it was kind of mutual. But that's that's what I'm worried about with uh, with the Bulls is they haven't shown that commitment to Zach Levine. They haven't paid the man yet. Like. That's that's also the thing that just oh my goodness. Okay, you just paid DeRozan eighty five mil, so that's like twenty eight million dollars a season. But you're not going to pay the guy that just put up twenty seven five and five on almost fifty forty ninety shooting. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I'm a little bit worried about that. Lonzo's also getting paid quite a bit, right? Well, yeah, he's worth that cash though. I yeah, think he's he's improved offensively, underrated. which is a lot, which is really good to say. I mean, a lot of people don't uh, really listen to the big criticisms in their game, but Lonzo's definitely working on it, which I like. I mean, completely changing your shooting form is kind of tough, especially if you're already that far into your basketball development. As a pro, having to change your form is that's a tough task, and he's been able to do it. And I've got a lot of respect for him as well, just because of how humble he is. I mean, it's like I think maybe the contrast with with his dad and. Uh, the reason that they became famous so early on. But yeah, I think the Lonzo move was nice, but the DeRozan move made made no sense to me. It's it's gonna be I don't think it'll age well. But I I'm sorry, DeRozan. We'll we'll move on from shredding your life. Okay, so as a uh as a big, big, big Julius Randall guy what do you think about re-signing? Is that a splasher pass for the Knicks? That's a splash and a half. You know I love Julius Randle. I've been talking about Julius Randle since, like, he was in high school. Um, I think, like, also the the pay is not, it's not crazy for a guy that just put up, like, you know, 24, 10, and 6. He was um, in the MVP conversation for a bit, too, last season. Yeah, he was an absolute beast. I think there's a great signing for the Knicks. I, I think they have a legit star. 
he definitely didn't perform well in the playoffs, but just his work ethic, like Julius Randle works so hard. Just seeing it, like he goes off in the off season. Like he, he's going to make a big, big jump again. I think um, just on like little parts of his game. I don't think, you know, he's going to end up, you know, putting up 30, 15 and 10 next year or anything like that. But yeah, um, yeah I think he'll make some changes, like just different things that he saw in the playoffs that he needed to improve on, like moves and, um, different things like that. I think this is a this is a splash and a half. And if you're the Knicks, <laughs> you've been trying to get a star forever. Is uh, was that his first playoff appearance? Julius Randle? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I actually am going to agree on, with you on this one as well. Um, I think it's a splash. I don't think there's many players as versatile as him. Um, obviously, there's superstars like. Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron, that are so versatile as well. I think he's not in that caliber, but I think he is. Um, I just think he brings a lot to the team that they lack. They lack in a lot of um, areas, and he literally covers all the bases for them. Yeah. On top of that, I mean, the playoff thing, not everyone's going to be able to show out in the playoffs in their first season like Trey Young. That's unheard of, right? I don't, I don't hold the playoffs against him. I think if you're the Knicks, it's a no-brainer. You sign him to that money. He's the only star you've seen in the last, like since Melo, really. Yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with the move to re-sign Julius Randle. I think I'm glad he's been able to do what he does because I think he's he's always been able to do this, but like everywhere he's been, he's been overshadowed by someone else. True. I think, and that that's the case with a lot of players. And so I just think it's a cool story to be able to, uh, or a cool example to be able to go look at Julius Randle and say like, yeah, a lot of players can do this and. You just got to give him a chance. And, yeah, he's a bucket. He's dope. Yeah. Julius Randle is nice. I think that this signing is – it's definitely going to pay off. <laughs> uh, the Knicks are – they're going to keep getting better. I like where they're headed. And I I think you can build around Julius Randle. Like you said, he just got a unique skill set. I think he's already one of the best power forwards in the game, and he's still pretty young. So, um, he's got a couple more years, I think, of of being able to improve on his game. Um, and I think this contract that he signed for is going to be the rest of those prime years. So, you know, he's going to be spending them with the Knicks unless something crazy happens and they trade him. But yeah, no, yeah. I think that's a really good one. Okay. So what about, uh, next one is Chris Paul re-signing with the Suns. Ooh, you know, here's the thing. Um, I think it's a half and half. I'm not going to say either way, really. I think it's a splash because you need Chris Paul back in Phoenix, of course. But the contract itself for four years and $120 million, Chris Paul is going to be 40 by the time that contract is up. And he's already got some injury histories. And you're like, oh, like, couldn't you sign him like a two-year deal or something? I think I think the length of the contract is the red flag for me. I don't think the fit or anything. Of course, I mean, the Suns just made the finals. Sign Chris Paul back. But for that money, for that long, a little bit risky. Yeah, I 100% agree, which is weird because we didn't even talk about this one. I literally exactly agree with that. I think the the contract, and that's the same as the Rosen. I just don't think the contract makes sense for a lot of these guys. Um, I think if you're the Suns, you got to be happy, like run it back, right? Because we made it to the finals. I'm I'm worried about some of the other stuff the Suns did in the offseason. Like uh, getting Landry Shamo was actually good, um, but they need to still pay Aiton. So I don't know why paying Chris Paul made sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've and I'm not 
a huge Chris Paul supporter. I've got so much respect for him. I think he's all-time great point guard, like top five at least, right? But I think, especially after that playoff performance or the finals performance, I mean, you can't hold that against him. Um, he averaged the 22 whole... points a game in the finals. Yeah, but he crumbled in the fourth quarter a lot of those games. Oh, my gosh. You said he – okay. Let's, let's, let's have okay. a flashback here. Kyle O'Connell had recently said, Chris Paul, quote, looked like a bench player in the finals. Yikes. I don't know what bench players average 22 points a game. Um, he single-handedly lost them a game in the fourth quarter by turning it over like three times. Well, some players do that. That happens. LeBron had a game in the finals where he scored like 12 points or whatever it was. It happens. Yeah. Anyway, I no, that's what I'm saying. I, I have a lot of respect for Chris Paul. I just don't think it was worth the deal. I mean, obviously he's helping the, the Suns. They they made a lot of noise in the bubble being undefeated and then not getting a playoff spot. That's kind of rough. But they definitely have improved so much which is really cool. And Chris Paul was the reason they made that next step and got to the finals. But yeah, I agree. And I mean, the finals thing, I'm just kind of being, being weird about that, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's as, uh, as clutch as what they need. I don't think they need to let him have the the ball at the end of games. I think they just hand the ball over to Devin Booker uh, in crunch time. Yeah. Devin Booker, that, that crunch time moment was really great. You know, when he, uh, kind of went into that mid-range and then he turned around and said here drew holiday have a basketball go lob Giannis, and you can win this game <laughs> you didn't you didn't mention that one either so yeah <laughs> okay he did it too so okay you know, we're yeah we're, we're getting off topic i <laughs> i agree i think it was i think it was a 60 40 pass and 40 percent splash 60 percent pass yeah we'll go with that We'll go with that. How about mellow to LA? I think this is a I mean <laughs> what do you Great got to lose? I think this Great is an absolute move. splash. You need you need shooting, you need scoring. Defense, the Lakers are pretty okay defensively, but just yeah. watching them in the playoffs, it was like, holy, you guys need some shooting. Like yep. LeBron kicks it out and you're like, All right, Ben Macklemore, please don't clank this three again. <laughs> like, yeah, like pretty, the last pretty bad. The last three years, it's looked like Carmelo just drank an energy drink and be, became really good again after yeah. being out of the league. I'm yeah. I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him, especially being able to play with one of your best friends too. That's really cool. And he knows his role. I mean, he yep. comes in and he gets buckets. I I love it. Just watching Melo in the playoffs last year is like he just gets it and doesn't pass. Like <laughs> I, I keep talking about. I keep talking about humility, but I think that's another really good sign of humility or a good uh, example of humility is him. I mean, all these players that have had to go through adversity and like not getting contracts they want or not like being able to stay in the league as long as they want and then being able to have some sort of redemption, it makes them like it makes them have a little bit more of a chip on the shoulder in terms of like how they play, but at the same time, it makes them more humble in terms of attitude and in the way they look at the league, which is really cool because a lot of people take it for granted. Um, and I'm happy for Melo. I think it's a really good move for the Lakers as well. It's a perfect fit, I think. Yeah, definitely. They they need some scoring punch, and and Melo's going to bring that. I think that's a yeah, that's a no brainer splash for I mean the minimum. Come on, let's go with his last one, Jimmy Butler. I again, it's very similar to the Chris Paul thing for me because Jimmy Butler's like 32 right now. Um, that's going to pay him until he's 
36 and he's going to be making like 50 mil. It's it's a little bit of a risk, but if you're the Heat, like you are built to win right now. So I totally see it. Um, Kyle Lowry's 35. They just locked him in for three years. So like they're they're really banking on these guys, you know, <laughs> keeping it going until they're their late 30s. But um, I I can see it. I can see Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry keeping that going. Their their games aren't really too reliant on their athleticism. But again, Dot is a ton of money, so it, it might yeah. not age well. And that's yeah, I agree. I mean, a little bit different reasons. I I'm a I'm a little bit more worried about uh, Jimmy Butler's rigidity, especially with like if he doesn't get along with someone, it causes a lot of problems in the the actual playing as well. You saw that in Philly, um, and he got immediately he immediately wanted out after that season, and that's the only thing I'd be worried about uh, with with him. I mean, and I don't think that's a reason to not ever sign him to a long-term deal, but I just hope that it works out with him. Um, the other thing is they paid him like he's a top 10 player, and I don't think anyone can even say he's like a top 15 player. Um, and so that's the only thing. I mean, if they had the money, Miami's a big city. They're fine being in the luxury tax. Pat Riley doesn't care. Um, but it's still a lot of money. It is a lot of cash. It's true. And yeah, I think the debate there becomes whether he's worth that much money. But I do think that at this point, it is Jimmy Butler's team. He needs to lead them. He's a good leader, which is also really nice. And having the veteran playoff experience of Kyle Lowry, I think, will only help them. Yep. So, yeah, I agree. I think this one's more of a 60-40 splash because I do I do think it's Jimmy Butler's team, and I'm glad that he's the one that's going to be able to keep going with them. Yeah. Sometimes you got to overpay to keep your stars too. I mean, that's that's just what it is. Yeah. You and when I'm, when it to him. Yeah, and what I mean that that's like his team, like every other team he's been on, I don't feel like it's been like a good fit. I think this is the best fit he's ever had on a team. Yeah, probably. I mean, Minnesota didn't work out. Chicago, I don't think worked out. Philly obviously didn't work out. That was a, a big bomb right there. Jeez. Um, yeah, this is I'm happy for him. Yeah. It was a good deal. Well, let's... the analy- yeah, the analytical side of me, a little worried about it, but Good for him. Yeah, facts. Let's go underrated signings. This is the last section of the episode. The first one I'm going to say is Kemba to the Knicks. I don't feel like anybody's talking about this, but you get an all-star caliber point guard, which is something the Knicks need super bad. Like, Alfred Payton, you're great, but not really. You know, like – the Knicks have been pretty weak at point guard for the last little bit. They've been drafting young like, guys and hoping that one of them can pan out, but it's just not working. So this like everything cool. I've I've every discussion about the Knicks over the last like five years has been like, oh, this might be the point guard of our future. Doesn't work out. So I definitely agree. I think that's such a good signing for them. They're getting him on a nine million dollar year contract. I remember him putting up sixty on the when he was on the Hornets, like twice in one season, he put up like sixty. It's like, how does he go from that to getting paid nine million a year? Oh, that's I'm happy for him too. I think he's a good player. Obviously, the defense is a little bit worrisome, but they're going to be good enough. They're going to be. I think that's a great move for them. I don't know. I think that'll be a, a spark for them to eventually long, sign him to a, a long term deal after the two years, especially if he shows out. But I think that'll be really cool for also players like Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett to get some. Um. Coaching isn't necessarily the right word, but a little bit of mentorship from him. Um, yeah, so I agree. I think that's probably a top two most underrated. 
I I personally do think the Malik Monk one is the most underrated. You got an absolute weapon of a scorer on a minimum deal. And I think he's gonna I think he's gonna end up being super, super useful for them. Yeah. On the Lakers. You... Especially come playoff time. He's such a good athlete and he's also another one that's like he's never been I mean it, it uh Kentucky he was like the man right but then in the league he's never been like he's never really gotten his respect in the league and so he's gonna come in there and kind of be a little assassin and I love it yeah I think I mean he's 23 he's super young it's not like he had a bad year he shot 40 from three and put up like 11, 12 points a game off the bench, which is not bad. And he had a couple, you know, games where he went off, like nine threes, different things like that. I'm just surprised that nobody else like wanted to take a flyer on him and like give him that shot to be the man somewhere. But you know what? I mean, good for the Lakers. I think you can't go wrong with this one at all. So yeah, that's an absolute steal. I think the next one, I think the Dinwiddie signing, I mean, technically it was a trade, but the Nets didn't really get anything back from that. Uh, Dinwiddie to the Wizards, I think, is huge. <laughs> I mean, you saw what he was able to do when D'Angelo wasn't playing in, in Brooklyn. And obviously, he's been injured for a long time, which is tough. But I think he's going to be really, really good. He was a player that was in the G League for a little bit. Um, and so it's really cool being able to see players like that. That's how Jake Crowder and uh, – uh, Cameron Payne were as well, which is cool. But I think he's going to be a beast. Having the the reins kind of given to him, because even in Brooklyn, it was kind of like it was D'Angelo's team for sure. And then after that, they were still like, well, we want Karis LeVert to be the, the second in command over there. So being able to see him uh, in Washington is really cool. Because I expect Beal to be traded. So if that happens, I think it'll still be, uh, I don't know if it'll be better for him, but I think it'll still work out even if Beal gets traded. Yeah, I uh, I like the signing. I think it was sixty-two million that they signed him for. Um, so a little over twenty a year, as long as he's healthy. I think that's a that's a pretty solid signing. Yeah, um, and one of the things that uh, I mean, if you if you're not like a, a Dinwiddie guy or anything like that, uh, for any listeners, he he is very serious about getting in shape and getting in condition and recovering from his injury. And that's not something a lot of people really pay attention to especially when players are coming off injury um but that's one thing that that's like the number one thing to him which is really cool he's a he's a real he's got a real passion for basketball and you could say that about a lot of players but his is his is pretty up there um yeah he'll be a better fit i think for the the wizards probably than westbrook like him and beal together like dinwiddie and beal seems like a pretty good backcourt so the Even only if, if Beal stays, that's that's a good fit. If not, then you know Dinwiddie can score more. But yeah, and like the only concern with Dinwiddie is like he'll have those games where he just doesn't know when to stop shooting, uh, and that can be a little stressful. But I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole lot of expectations with the Wizards, so whatever happens, I think if something good happens, it's just like uh, icing on the cake. Yeah, that's a fact. We already talked about this one a little bit, so we're just gonna gloss over. It. But yeah, Oladipo minimum deal come on that's a that's a that's, deal like that's yeah only gonna be good there's no one that's gonna it's go gonna back and say oh why did they sign Oladipo to the minimum it's like you know this guy might come off your bench this is a guy that made the all-star team a couple of years ago and he is gonna be extra motivated because 
He's going to want to make money next summer. He, he's going to bet on himself right here. And he's going to do it on a good team. Like, I I think you can only benefit from this signing. So, it's that's a steal of a signing. I also like – I like Devontae Graham to the Pels. I know a lot of people are like, oh, this signing sucks because it's not Lonzo Ball. And they tried to get Kyle Lowry and it didn't work out and blah, 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 blah. But I like Devontae Graham. Um, I think Devontae Graham's always been in kind of a weird spot where he's been with another point guard and then started at the same time. It's, it's really wacky. So if they just give him the keys, you know, to run the offense and be the true point guard, I think he'll actually do really well. And, I mean, you got Zion to run pick and rolls with. Come on. I think Devontae Graham's going to do really well in New Orleans. Um, I'm actually pretty excited about that signing and that fit. And it's yeah. only for like $12 million a year or something like that. So I, I thought that was a good signing. Yeah, no, I agree. And I love Devontae Graham as well. The only thing in, I think is maybe just a little bit of doubt in his, his skill. I think he's a very skilled, I think he's a great shooter. I don't think there's any question about that. I'm worried a little bit more about, cause he doesn't have that experience of running the offense. That's the only thing I'd be worried about is he could underperform in the playmaking aspect of it. Um, but I agree. I think it's a good, I think it's a really good signing. I, yeah, being able to actually get the opportunity is going to be nice for him. And he's another one that I think is similar to Malik Monk in that, like, they haven't ever really been the man, but they could come out there and, and really show out. Um, yeah, so I think it's a good signing, especially, yeah, when all the attention is going to be on Zion, it's going to make things a lot easier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Andre Drummond to the 76ers. You'll love to see it, especially after him and uh, Joel Embiid's beef. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, I want you to uh, I want you to picture this. Uh, ben Simmons doesn't get traded. Uh, he's dribbling the ball up the court, pick and roll. Andre Drummond, Ben Simmons. What happens? What happens? Oh yeah, one of them gets hacked and they have to shoot free throws. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, they need to get Ben Simmons out of there so fast. Andre Drummond is a uh, yeah. I think we talked about this before on the last podcast, like. Someone said Andre Drummond could put up 32 and 12 and make no impact on the game. Yeah. And it's 100% true. And that's why it's going to be nice to be able to have Joel Embiid there to really manage all the or take all the load of the being the big man. Um, but they're going to be they're such a big team still. They're so big and they're they're filled with just physical guys. They've got. I mean, there's gonna you could put a lineup on there where you probably wouldn't be able to let anyone score. Um, Matisse Thibel is a weapon too. He is. Yeah, yeah I think that's an interesting good. signing. I think it's good. I mean, obviously you got him on the minimum, so you can't complain about that. For yeah, it's it's just a younger Dwight Howard essentially. He does the same stuff that Dwight did for him. I just think it'll be a little bit better. So yeah, I, I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, that's that's all the underrated signings. I think kind of breeze through those kind of a longer episode, but we talked about a lot. Um, the last thing I wanted to address is uh, how annoying it was that Portland didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, my god! They got Norman Powell back, man. <sighs> That's stressful. And I'm not, even a, I'm not even a Blazers fan. I just am so – I feel so bad for Damian Lillard. All he needs is someone else to help him, and they have not done that year after year. They're going to be bad. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs – I mean, the West is just getting better, and they're just letting their players age. It's so sad. I mean, 
another uh, signing we didn't even talk about because it's pretty irrelevant. Zach Collins signed a pretty big deal with the Spurs after being injured for basically his whole career so far. Um, but they lost Zach Collins, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just I feel bad for Lillard. I'm just I'm so disappointed in the Trailblazers for not doing anything. Well, this is what their offseason looks like. Cody Zeller, which is actually not bad. Cody Zeller, he'll be a pretty good backup center. Probably better than Cantor for them because they actually just need somebody that plays defense. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is very fun to watch Cantor get roasted by people in the playoffs when Nurkic gets in foul trouble. But that's besides the point. Then they got Ben McElmore and re-signed Norman Powell. Yeah, so, but you lost Carmelo same Anthony. Team. Same team, pretty much, just yeah, without not, not Carmelo. So yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, I mean they're they gonna re-signed, be okay still, They re-signed one of my all-time favorite players, Derek Jones. So <laughs> facts. Maybe he'll get to shine. Who knows? Probably not. Well, for all you listeners out there, I just want you to know that there was literally a section within our notes here that says Portland will suck this year. <laughs> written by Kai. He had to address that after all this. So rest in peace, any Portland Trailblazers fans. Very sorry about that, but it's it might be the truth. Who knows? Maybe LaMarcus that. Aldridge will actually come out of retirement and go there. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, so as always, we've got song recommendations for you guys. You are um, um, I'm actually really interested to know if you guys are listening to these, what you guys think of them. Uh, and we've got the Instagram page. If you do listen to songs and uh, if you either have suggestions for us um, or you like or dislike the songs that we suggested, let us know. I mean, we would love to actually hear that. I mean, we have both are really passionate about music. So if you got recommendations for us, we'd love to hear them. So what is, uh, what's been playing on repeat for you this week, Kyle? Oh, well, I'm going to go with something different this time. Um, a lot of people know me pretty rap oriented, but this song, Kane Brown and Black Bear, it's called Memory. Super good. You might have heard it. Uh, it is pretty popular, but for those of you, is it uh, pretty chill? Pretty good. Is it like a country type song? Because I know Kane Brown's a country artist. Um, or no, is it more like pop? It's more pop for sure. Okay, it's good cool. though. I mean, I'm gonna have to listen to it. I haven't even listened to that song. Um, one of my one of the most chill artists I know, her name is Alina Baraz. She's, she was actually every single year. She's like my number one listen to on Apple music, just cause I fall asleep to her music, but she makes like some more, uh, up, more upbeat compared to her other stuff. Cause she makes a lot of really like chill music. Uh, she had a new song come out called alone with you. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, I don't really know how necessarily to describe it. It's just chill music. Um, it's listed as R&B and soul for the genre, if anyone's interested. Yeah, give it a listen. Um, probably could fall asleep to it. I've been falling asleep to it. <laughs> if anybody's down for that, give it a go. Well, that's a wrap for episode three. Thank you all for tuning in. It's only going up from here. Yeah, we're signing off, and we uh, will definitely be uploading more frequently. We just, we're both super busy this week, so yeah. We'll catch See you, you later. Peace.